Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. I'm back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's Thursday, and tonight are the duels, and qualifying for the Daytona 500 happened last night. We're going to go over that in today's episode here at the Bojangle Studio. Got Mike Davis with me. Um, Connor Daly's texting me right now, wanting wanting advice, Mike, on what he needs to do tonight in his duel. Um, I said, hey, you know, beat the other two guys. So that's about as good as we can do for him. I mean, right. the part's got to work. He's got to be able to get out there. He's not had any laps. This has got to be unnerving. Well, Connor, we're going to dive into exactly what you need to do here in a few minutes. We also uh, want to talk about Steve Meal, who was our guest yesterday on the show. It was an incredible conversation, what, about two and a half hours with Steve, and uh, we covered it all pretty much. We had to, we had to, you know, we had to shorthand a few things. That I would have loved to have dove into a little deeper, but you know, two and a half hours was was a long show. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. I'm I'm eager to hear what your thoughts are on. It. I will say we 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 did not need to call him on the phone to to <laughs> uh, like like we did with Sterling last week to get a few more answers. But Mike, reaction to that interview? I know you probably got a lot to say. Oh my gosh, man! There was so much to say about Steve Mill. First of all, I was grateful that he was here, uh, and. There was a lot we learned. Did, is, I guess I just wanted to hear what he had to say about 2005. That was a seminal year for better or worse. And I finally, we got Steve Mill in the room so he could kind of share his uh, thoughts. And I also think it says a lot about, man, there must have been some serious friction that we didn't even think about. That Not necessarily with the Yuris or with anybody else, but with the people that came in and started running DEI after that. Yeah. That was very telling for me. Yeah, I think, you know, the th- interesting thing about Steve is is he's honest. And when when he feels like he can say something honest without really throwing somebody under the bus, he will. Now, he's also very careful not to uh, – he, he if he sees no point, you know, in saying something, he won't say it. If it doesn't – You can if tell. If it's not necessary, then he won't say it. And, I, you know, I, I tend to – I tend to be the same way. Um, in in telling in storytelling, sometimes you're like, golly, man, there's this will serve no purpose to tell, say something that could be viewed as negative about a person or something that went down. Um, but I really found, uh, I, I know I've heard him do interviews before, and I knew that uh, it was going to be a good story. His uh, his history is fascinating to me. Trying to understand his his experience at Petty Enterprises in the late seventies, uh, I'm super envious of of what he was able to witness and and be a part of. I know it wasn't easy. I know it was, I know it was hard, physically and 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 difficult hours and working conditions. We all think it was you know we all look back and you know romanticize it and and glorify it, but um, still I'm envious that. He saw the sport and witnessed the sport at a pretty, really interesting time. And how he would, you know, move from company to company, business to business. Um, and the thing, you know, the thing with Mark, I mean, obviously we know how that all worked out, but to 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 start out with a program, uh, you got a you got a driver that doesn't have an, you know, hasn't established himself in in the Cup Series and Roush. With uh, with all of his you know resources, 
um, but building a new program in an empty shop. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds amazing. He said it was a blast, but uh, he jumped a few times from the ledge. You know, he took some risks to uh, some leaps of faith that uh, that worked out. Some that didn't, but uh, pretty fascinating. And and uh, I'm just I think we've started off the season with a pretty kick ass. Uh, yeah, one-two punch with Sterling Marlin and Steve. Yeah, all right. So I've got some questions for you because I, I I'm dying to know. First and foremost, when we go back and think about the conversation that we had with Steve Mill, when he talked about the petties, you mentioned to him how Dale Inman was very guarded when trying to talk about the split. Did you get the sense, like I did, that he also Steve Mill also was very guarded about that? Yeah, and. What what are we to make of that? Like who 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 are we? Who do you think they're trying to protect? Is it Richard? Is it Dale Inman? Is it Maurice Chief? Is it all of them? Like what wh- what do you think is going on there? That's the that's the royal family, you know. And I think that there's a there's sort of an unspoken uh, responsibility from people, especially ones that were in the building, right, or worked as a part of the team. They are part of the family. They aren't going to come out here and bear the dirty laundry. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, you know, I think it's up until recently, my impression of petty enterprises and, you know, it was, it was a fantasy of, 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 of beauty and, and the, 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 the color of the car and the Dodge Charger and the 200 wins and 1984 Firecracker 400 and the King, um, his battles with Pearson, all of that stuff. It's just this, it's this incredible iconic figure and, and brand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think much like DEI, we've been able to see behind the curtain a little bit and it wasn't always perfect. And it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't always cool, calm and collective. Right. And I guess we should have known, you know, dang, you know, they, they are human. Yeah. You know, they have faults and flaws and they disagreed and they had struggle and tension and tug of wars eternally. They did a really, really, really good job of keeping it internal and not allowing that stuff to become public knowledge back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, right? And I think they're still in, you know, protective of that image and that brand. And, um, and he does not, you know, he, Steve, or anyone else doesn't want to be the one to show any more, right? Mm. That's not his story to tell. That's, that's Richard's. That's Kyle's. That's Dale Inman's story to tell. Um, and so, you know, I think that there's just so much pride, so much, you know, they have so much pride in Richard and his accomplishments and what that family name means that they don't, they don't believe in airing their grievances or, you know, sharing some of the more difficult moments. Yeah, you know, that makes them vulnerable, right? <clears throat> Certainly did a better job than uh, than than we all would have done at DEI when <laughs> you know pop, are, pops is holding court dude, over in the garage. And, yeah, 
There are times, yep. Yeah, there are times though that I find I, there are times when we've had conversations about DEI where I feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm. This could, this is crossing a line of being a bit uncomfortable with being so honest about being so flawed and so imperfect. Now I'm, I'm happy to own what I feel like is my responsibility, but, um, yeah, there are times when I'm like, man, mm. we. Is it necessary, right, that we that we share the tarnish and 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 imperfection in something that people had hold it up, held so high, right? Um, I you know I found it. I found Steve, you know, great. He looks like he's in great health. Looks like he could go right back to work tomorrow. Fascinating. I love hearing these guys say they still got something in the tank. They still want to do it. They oh, miss I it. Too. I yeah. do too. You know, there's a lot of people that have came through the sport and they're gone and they're retired and they leave and they really don't want anything to do with it. And we, you know, there's just some people in the garage you just don't ever want to see leave. You know, and Steve was kind of one of those guys for me that, you know, I just always felt like he was always going to be involved. Yeah. One way or another, right? Yeah. And to hear him say that he still got that fire is pretty cool. Did, did you feel like, going back up to your last point, did you feel like we broached that topic or that, that uh, zone of uncomfort or discomfort? Not yesterday. Okay, so not with Steve. No. Okay. I'm just saying, in ter- you know, we've, we've, been, we've bared our souls with, you know, we have. talking to um, Tony Jr., Michael. Um, Ty. Ty. I think the conversation was with Steve about DEI was more comfortable than those. Uh, there are times when you know I'm I'm apprehensive about you know how much these guys might share because I don't know that I want people to look at DEI as a dysfunction mm-hmm. of any sort. You know, I, I, there were times, and everybody knows the story. Everybody knows what happened publicly, but what they don't know going on behind curtains. Uh, maybe they don't need to know everything, but yeah, I think you're right. You even <laughs> you mentioned uh, yesterday that uh, I was in a in a moment of uh, weirdness because I'm in you between were in a you, tough spot. In a tough spot, I didn't feel that way. I just was trying to understand. I just I just recognized it in the moment where Steve was like, "Yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about that," and I'm sitting here going, "Yeah, you know, I've never really wanted to say anything bad about that either." And I thought, man, Steve's. Or, uh, Mike's, Mike's on an island here because <laughs> I'm wanting to say something. Yeah, no, because you're wanting that answer. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Out of the two of you, one of you's got to. But but yeah, but I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to dig for dirt. I was yeah. just trying to understand what Steve Mill knew and how aware he was. Because of all the conversations about Dale and Incorporated we've had, mm-hmm. one of the things that always uh, surfaces for me is that there just wasn't a lot of good conversation going on amongst the people There's, yeah. it, everybody was fractured and there was just different conversations so the fact that he didn't even know that you guys had a disagreement or at least a, a disagreement that was you know made it capable of turning into a, a team switch the fact he didn't know that at homestead blew my mind yeah blew my mind the one thing that i didn't want the one thing that i didn't get to talk to steve about was a little bit more about Jack Roush. I mean, we went really, really long on our interview with Steve, so I kind of had to forego a little bit. But um, so Jack was Jack. He talked about how him and Jack had a had a they struggled professionally sometimes. Um, and and Jack wants to come on the show. All right, 
I've been told that Jack wants to come on our show because he's heard me tell a story about going to Daytona, right? 1999, my second year in the Xfinity Series. We go out onto the racetrack. Um, this is either Daytona, Ju- this might be July 98. I can't remember if we ran the Xfinity. I don't think we ran Xfinity race back then. But we're, uh, we're at Daytona. I've got a, about a year under my belt, a championship, some wins. And we're in practice, and I caused a massive crash down into turn one. Hmm. Somebody come off pit road right up onto the track. You could come up onto the track then. And they were about two foot from the apron, and I was side by side with, I believe, Dick Trickle going down the front straightaway in a train of cars. And I didn't lift. We went into the corner in the air. We, I was basically this, you know, I went by the car on the, on, next to the apron very fast, and it spun me. It wobbled my car like the buffering of air, and it, it really just affected my car. I lost control, crashed into the guy outside of me, and wrecked about four or five cars, one of those being Jeff Burton's, Roush Ford, and, and Trickle. And they both came over right after that and chewed my ass. Mm. And they were like, that was dumb. Get your shit together. Really upset. And so what I didn't know was that they had a meeting. Uh, the cup garage had a driver's meeting for maybe the duels or something. Uh, but they had a driver's meeting on the cup level, and Roush stood up in that and said, hey, I think somebody needs to go over to the other garage and talk to some of these rookies. These guys are driving with their heads not screwed on straight. And I think something needs to be said about that in the cup meeting. He's right? calling if, you out. Yes, yeah. And I don't know exactly <laughs> what he said. It's hearsay. But um, And I've always thought that Jack had a terrible opinion of me. I've, I would agree. From that moment on. Right? Well, I didn't even know that story, but I've never once thought that he respected you. No, me neither. Ever. Yeah. And I've heard that he's heard us say that on the show, and he's wanted to come here and talk to us, and I'd love to have him on. Wow, see, I didn't even know that about Jack even knowing about our show, I, first of all, but like he seems such a mystery man I know. to me. I am hoping, I am hoping that I've been wrong about Jack all these years, and that the Jack's general personality would give you the impression that he doesn't like you or doesn't know you, care to know you, right? Just mm-hmm. doesn't think much of anything, right? He has the people that he respects, and outside of that bubble, everybody else matters none. Yeah, and. Maybe it's not so much that he thought I was a sh**, uh, but that he just gave you that impression, right? But anyhow, maybe we can get him in the room uh, and figure that out. That would be amazing. Go- going back to, like, now we have so much more to ask him about. Like, for instance, why the hell did Mark Martin pack up stuff and go move shops and take cars and take crew chiefs and it yeah. still be under one Roush umbrella? That just... For what we know about Jack Roush, which may be very little, that just seemed like – who thought that would work? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Mark Martin, um, you know, he'll defend Jack Roush to his dying day. I mean, like oh, these yeah. people that raced for Jack Roush and, and um, you know, made it work, mm-hmm. they we, they got nothing bad to say about the man. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That just seemed – that seemed crazy. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. 
It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DaleJr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, Mike, so let's move on to Daytona. We had qualifying last night. Uh, Alex Bowman uh, back on uh, the front row again. I think it's like the fifth or sixth time that he's done that. Uh, Kyle Larson on the outside. So, I mean, Hendrick uh, Motorsports, every every time we go to Daytona or Talladega, they typically are, are a threat to get the front row and lock it down. And tonight uh, the duels uh, happen, which are, uh, I think, one of the funner races of the season. Perfect distance. Everything about it's awesome. Well, let's argue. We don't want to say it's perfect. I love it. I mean, you know, when the duels were like, I don't know, 50 laps, they were like 125s. The Gatorade 125s. That's right. Then they moved them to 150s. You know why they did that? I don't know why they did. I remember them doing it. I don't remember why. Cause, man, we needed to have a pit stop. Oh, <laughs> I gotcha. For who? Well, by all means. Yeah. Well, we can't qualify for the Daytona 500 without pit stops. Yeah, we got to have him come down pit. There, he needs to be a pit stop element. There needs they have to they have to need, get fuel, man. Yeah. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> it was fine. Okay, you know, maybe like imperfect every, distance. I like the hey, shorter races. Just like everything else. Yeah, I know. You know, oh, you said old school. Piddle with it. Yeah. Hey, leave it alone. All right. So um, that's tonight, though. But we had the qualifying. All right. So qualifying and. Um, how about you know Kyle Busch getting disqualified for trying to go? He goes below the the yellow line to maybe get a little bit of a draft off a car that's actually slow on the apron that had just finished their run, and um, it probably did nothing. But um, I suppose there must be a rule. Uh, I know. There must be a there must be a technic. There must be an official rule in in. Uh, in print somewhere in the rule book that nobody has access to. No, I'm just saying. I don't know about that. I mean, well, who, do you? No, that's not a public thing. Maybe you do as a broadcaster. Yeah, it's not a public thing, but I mean, it doesn't need to be. But it, there's a rule, then there's a rule. It's somewhere he and, broke it. Yeah, they didn't just go. Hmm, maybe we should penalize him. We don't really know. Let's and do if it. there's not a rule, it felt detrimental, and it was an action he took. So just uh, you can always throw it to an action that's detrimental to stock car racing, okay. going below the yellow line. All right. Um, Connor Daly uh, didn't get to run. He had a little issue with his car wiring harness, blew, burnt oh, up. Wait, 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 wait a second though. In like, are we going to say that that's bullcrap rule on qualifying? I mean, the double line rule. No. That, I mean, if it, it's written in the book and it's a rule, don't do it. I, Everybody knows the rules. Okay. Well. No, everybody doesn't know the rules, I, and I'm assuming Kyle I, I say know everybody. The rules. I mean, the guys that pull on the racetrack, you need to know have access what to you can okay. and can't do. Yeah, and uh, you know, if he comes off the corner and it's any slight doubt, is this is this fair or not? Can I am I going to get in trouble? You don't do it. You have a responsibility to know the rules. I can't I can't dispute that. And so, um, 
not not that I might not have tried it in the moment. I don't know. I'm you know, but coming off the corner, I guess if I had any doubt, maybe hell I've done it before. I don't know. I probably have. Yeah, I, I, I'm just sitting here thinking. You don't know the rules back when you're driving. You, you do just, not. You're, no. you're assuming that people nobody, will tell you if it's important. Nobody knows the de- those depths of That's the right. rule book. No, right. not everybody does. So shoot, I don't know some of the silliness. Um, you know. When there's a penalty, I don't know whether I'm supposed to do a drive through, whether I stop exactly. in the box. What the hell? I don't know. It's a lap down. What the hell? I don't know what the penalty. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I was a driver, now I've learned a few of them uh, sitting in that booth, you know. But man, when I was a driver, I didn't care about what the penalty was. I didn't need to know that because I wasn't going to have to serve it. You know, that's your that's your mentality. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. I wanted to say uh, I interrupted you. You go. You started talking about Connor Daly. Yeah, Connor is uh, is going to have to work a little bit, uh, and he's one of the guys that's uh, got to work his way into the field in this in the duels tonight. There's a couple of them. So Jimmy Johnson and Travis Pastrana were two of the open cars. They locked in because of their speeds in qualifying last night. They are good. They're good to go. They don't have to do anything in these qualifying races, and don't expect them to. Jimmy and Travis will more than likely. Um, just kind of meander around a little bit in the draft and then probably uh, do little to nothing the the remainder of those races. Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, those two guys are locked into the field as well. I think that at the drop of the green flag, they more than likely uh, you know lead the race if possible. Like so if Alex gets you know let's take Alex for example, but this is for either one of those guys, Alex and Kyle Larson, if they get pushed out into the lead, they're gonna sit there and lead the race. Now if they get shuffled back into fourth, fifth, if they get put you know, in the backside of the top 10, that's when they start to, to consider maybe just kind of calling it a night. Uh, they're locked up to the front row, definitely don't want to crash, no point in really running mid-pack the whole race, battling around those people that are going to be working hard to try to, you know, get better uh, starting positions for the Daytona 500. So they'll probably ease on out of the pack, and they'll finish the race similar to what Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson are going to do. Um the rest of the open cars, so it's uh, it's Zane Smith, mm-hmm. Chandler Smith. Uh, those two are in the first duel, and they're in the same duel as Jimmy Johnson. All right, either one of those guys, they just need to finish higher. Uh, they need to be the highest finishing car to to qualify in. So if if Zane beats Jimmy and Chandler, he's locked in. If Chandler beats Zane or Jimmy, then Chandler is locked into the field. All right. If Jimmy outruns them, that changes things a little bit, and we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So in the second duel, Travis Pastrana is in that race. Austin Hill and Connor Daly are the other two open cars. If Austin beats Travis or Connor, he's locked into the Daytona 500. If Connor beats Austin or Travis, then he will lock himself into the Daytona 500. But if Travis, who is locked into the field by time, outruns either one of these guys, it changes things a little bit. And so here's where it kind of gets confusing. And this is something I kind of wish that NASCAR could clean up a little bit. Um, I'm going to read this once, Mike, see if this makes any sense to you. Go ahead. Zane Smith, Austin Hill, and Chandler Smith and Connor Daly will have to race their way into the 500 in the duels tonight. Now, Zane Smith would be the first car in position to fall back on his time if Johnson or Pastrana claim one of the locked-in dual spots tomorrow. So 
If Johnson or Pastrana finish highest in either one of their duels, then the 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 spot will be given to Zane Smith right. because he is the next fastest car from qualifying from last night. Last night. That's right. Uh now I reading all that out and thinking about that, yeah, okay, I understand what they're doing. But man, I wish it was easier and done differently because when I watched the duels tonight, I want them to take, you know, why not just say, "Hey man, um, you know, I wish it was a little clearer in terms of, you know, the highest finishing guy is, you know, is going to get in there, and the next guy is going to get in there, right? The top two, right? Yeah, they, yeah. It's just a it's a weird situation with is. Jimmy and, and Travis Pastrana both not in on points and or, or uh, uh, having raced their way in last night. Yeah, with with the way they're going to lock Jimmy and Pastrana in on time from qualifying, then they have to do this sort of yeah. This sort of yeah. this sort of thing where you know, well, uh, what if Jimmy or or Pastrana finish highest in the duel? Then what do we do, right? Um, they're going to fall back on times and pick Zane Smith. I honestly feel like it goes to the second highest finishing opening open, open car, right? So you know, don't fall back on Zane Smith's time. If Jimmy and and Pastrana do well in their qualifier, don't fall back on Zane Smith's time. Just take the next guy. Who's the next guy, right? So if Travis Pastrana finishes highest in Duel 2, who's the second highest open finishing car? Is it Austin Hills or Connor Daly? That's the guy that goes in. It's Austin Hill. Simple. Yeah. I'm just saying, who, which of the two, whoever finishes the highest, right. that's the guy that gets in. Why are we falling back on Zane Smith's time? So, you know, as I'm watching the race tonight, I want to easily understand what needs to happen. Right? I don't want to easily. This is not an easy thing, the way to have it. Well, it, I thought it was easy until you just went through all that. Now I'm confused. Yeah. But listen, it, t- tell me if I'm right. Connor Daly and Chandler Smith, they're both in, they're, they're in different duels. Yes, they are. Okay? They have to beat those two guys to get into the Daytona 500, period. They, they've got to beat them. There's no other way into the Daytona 500 for Connor Daly unless he beats both Austin Hill and Travis Pastrana. That's clear. That is clear. And Chandler Smith, same way. Austin Hill and Zane Smith, really, they're in different duels. They can, they really just need to beat one person. Yeah, the the, the two guys that are locked in, right? They just got to beat one person, isn't that right? No. Um. So because if they don't, it's di- they can they, still get beat by Chandler. Like they can still get beat by the guys behind them. But if they're not in front of the locked in guys, they it doesn't matter. Uh, Zane and Austin have kind of two different scenarios paths to get in, right? Um, and I don't even want to read this because it's going to be even more confusing. But I think it's important to remember. That's a great. That's a great way to look at it, Mike. Connor Daly and Chandler need to need to need to beat everybody, right? Connor needs to beat Austin and Travis. Chandler needs to beat Zane and Jimmy. That's yep. their way in. They have to beat them both. They know clearly when the race starts. That's what they need to do. That's who they're racing. But if Travis or Jimmy win. Uh, or outrun, you know, the other open cars in either one of their duels, then that throws the the qualifying time from Zane Smith into the mix, and now he is locked in because of his speed from from qualifying. That that's when it kind of gets a little confusing. So Austin Hill, for example, he's in if he's the top open car in his duel, or Johnson or Zane Smith are the top open car in duel one, and 
<laughs> Travis Pastrana is the top open car in Duel 2. I mean, what in the hell? Yeah. I'm just going to rely on Bob Pockrass right. to tell me where who's starting the Daytona 500 follow, on Sunday. Yeah, follow Bob or any of those guys. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property. It's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, a home, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. A couple of things that I wanted to note. Um, now that we, we're going to watch the duels, let's, let's, kind of, uh, let's kind of look at the lineups for the duels to... Uh, to see if we got a pick for tonight. Um, obviously, we know in Duel 1, Alex Bowman's probably not going to win that race. I mean, he's just doesn't have – there's not a – it's tempting to go try to win that race, but if he gets shuffled back outside of the top three, I think he bails out on the, on the, on the effort to win. Then you got Joe Logano, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, all those guys toward the front. Bubba Wallace, I think Bubba's going to factor into a top five finish. Chris Buescher had a good uh, qualifying race in the past. There's my pick to win the 500, Ross Chastain, in that duel as well. Uh, honestly, I think that this race could be won probably by Byron Logano, maybe Blaney. Um, I, I think Logano's got a real shot at it. He's just a little smarter or a little more experienced at the plate racing than, than probably Byron and Blaney, and when it comes down to it, pulls the right move at the right time to get it done. That's my pick for duel one. Mike, do you got an you got an opinion on that? Uh, I I like Bubba Wallace there. Bubba Wallace to win the duel. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be tough. To I beat, think it'll to be tough. Beat, yeah, to beat Logano. Yeah. Uh, duel two, uh, starting lineup. We got Kyle Larson again. If he gets shuffled out of the top three, I think he uh, he's he's not very prolific on plate races. Anyways, he's got a couple top ten finishes, but does it, admittedly doesn't really enjoy or understand this style of racing. So don't feel amazing about Kyle's chances to, tonight. Eric Almirola is a decent plate racer, but he's a you know he's gonna he's I think he eases into the top five or top ten. I th- you know I think he takes whatever he can get and very conservatively accepts a, a reasonable starting spot for the five hundred and doesn't go for the win. Briscoe would go for the win. He's a go for go for it kind of guy, but does he have the the knowledge and expertise? I don't know if he has the 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 ability to beat Cendric. Cendric to me is developing into one of the more respected plate racers. I say that because uh, his finishes at Daytona last year in the July race, uh, a third-place finish, and obviously was the Daytona 500 champion from last year. So I think he's got tons of confidence when he shows up at Daytona. Got Denny Hamlin coming all the way from 13th. Uh, He's got a little work to do, but probably could factor into what happens. He'll, you know, One thing I love to say about Denny at Daytona He's going to be in the picture. When the cars cross the finish line and take the checkered, I don't know whether he's winning or not, but he's going to be in the photo, right? 
So I place him somewhere in the top five. I'm, you know, interested to see how Kyle Busch does in his new ride. Be following that all year long. Uh, Chase Elliott didn't have the speed that his teammates did. He's starting seventh in the second duel. He did not have the speed that his teammates did, so it'll be interesting to see how they had that car set up to race. Outside of that, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Connor Daly's not got a lap in his car. God, is going to start the duel last. Not one lap on the racetrack. That was one of the debates going into this whole thing. Was why is there no practice? And to you know, to that argument's point, we get out, you know, go for qualifying last night. Qualifying starts. And Chandler Smith pulls on the racetrack and his car won't run. Uh, and it was a little bit of an embarrassing moment, I think, for the industry. Uh, something that could have been sorted in practice, uh, you know, hap- you know, the first car on the racetrack. It's, it, I, I will, I don't, I'm sure there was a point or a reason why we didn't have practice, but I don't know why we can't fire them up, run them a little bit, get our hands dirty, get some, get, you know, burn some oil and, uh, get the smells going and all that stuff and let those guys get out there. Some of them, like, you know, Travis, and some of them haven't really went through the gears in these cars. I mean, these things drive completely different than, than the traditional uh, car from the past, uh, the sequential shifting and all of that. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I would have been, been a nervous wreck if I had not had a lap in the car and had to pull out on the racetrack and get that thing up to speed for one one lap, right? One lap of qualifying. You cannot fiddle around on that get up to speed lap. And so, uh, if you're un- inexperienced in trying to get the car off pit road, how much tire spins it going to have? All those things. That would have been a uh, teaching moment for sure. A couple of uh, interesting things that I noticed when I looked at last year's results at Daytona. I want to say a couple things that might stand out to you, Mike. Um, Kyle Larson, last year at Daytona. In the Daytona 500, Kyle Larson was 32nd. In the July race, he was 37th. And Christopher Bell, 34th in the Daytona 500, 36th in the July race. William Byron, a guy that we kind of think is pretty decent at these things, right? Don't he's, you? He's great. Yeah. 38th in the 500, and then he finished 34th in the July race. And then my pick – to win the Daytona 500, I might have to change it today after seeing this. Ross Chastain 40th in the Daytona 500, and Ross Chastain 33rd in the July race. Probably situational. Like, they probably wadded him up somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't think your pick is bad. I think it's good. Yeah. I, think your bi- I think your pick is just going to – I'm going to stick with it. You stick with it. Yeah. I'm changing mine. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I. You know, if – Denny had a unique thing that he said on his podcast, uh, Actions Detrimental, on Monday. He's like, you know, if everybody doesn't wreck, this is the, this is the finishing, right? right? But, and if that's the case, say if we had a green flag, you know, no cautions except for the stage breaks, obviously. If we have, if we have no trouble, no attrition, uh, Ross, for me, is a 10th place car. You know, 8th, 10th, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he will, uh, you know, have the luck needed to avoid the disaster. And when it comes down to it, uh, I'm just taking a flyer, I guess. I don't know. You like his mentality. I mean, he's I aggressive. That, yeah. if, if that's what is necessary at a Daytona 500, yeah. that's your guy. No, I don't think that's a bad pick. Um, yep. Yeah, I just don't think he's got the history. I mean, I'm changing mine. I, I really think Bubba Wallace goes in and wins this thing. 
I do. I like that, that he's exceptional. You can go back and look at his statistics in the Daytona 500 plate race. He has emerged as a really good plate racer, and and he's fast. Yeah, they, he's got the speed, and then when the Toyotas get up there in the race, I shouldn't have picked him to win the duel. I don't think that he doesn't have any help. But the fact of the matter is, I think he'll he'll race well in the five hundred. Well, he's been runner up into the last three Daytona races. Yeah, and uh, he's been runner up in forty percent of his Daytona five hundred starts. It's uh, you know Bubba's going to be in the in the toward the front. He has he has gained the confidence needed. He does have the approach. He has. The mentality to do really well uh, at the uh, at the plate races. So, you know, one at Talladega, uh, twice a runner-up in the Daytona 500, and yeah, I, he'll be in the photo as well. He'll be right there in the middle of the mix, coming across the finish line in, in, on Sunday. I think that um, I think that he's a little conservative, as most people will be tonight in the duels. Maybe not, you know, making that taking that, you know big risky move that's going to be necessary to win tonight but he'll do that on sunday yeah yeah by the way if anybody wants to really get a good preview on who's who's going to be good i mean steve latart chopper and professor once again killed it on dirty mode dough i was listening to it this morning uh, they got a new episode out and it's all about the daytona 500 they break down all of these drivers head to head i mean the dark horses uh, it's funny. I think I know where you're getting your Kyle Larson, uh, you know, inspiration from because <laughs> Russell, the professor, said as much. I mean, he said the yeah. same thing. He's like, I don't even know why Kyle Larson is in there in the twelve to one pack. He belongs nowhere near that. Yeah, we uh, said that on our own right. show. That's right. So, so all that to be said, I think that's a good time to go listen to that, even if you don't gamble. But um, if you do, they got some good information there. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Going into the duels tonight, those are our picks. That's what we think is going to happen. I think it'll be a relatively calm evening. Typically, uh, in, in you know, in decades past, there was a very calm duel and then a wild and crazy duel that tore up a lot of cars. But those were different days, and um, drivers have a lot more pressure on them to bring that car back in one piece yeah. to be able to put it on the uh, grid for the five hundred. The the uh, you know the re- the resources the uh, parts and pieces the backup car probably not anything they want to be working on and preparing for Sunday so I think they'll be really reserved and cur- conservative tonight there will be those guys that can't help themselves one of those is probably Logano uh, and <laughs> yeah you're yeah, right yeah I mean there's a couple guys that just it don't matter they 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 drop the green out. and they're just they're gonna do it. whatever they're just try to get the trophy they want to be in victory lane Kyle Busch I mean to be honest with you. Um, he's got something. To pr- he wants to prove to people, man. Mm-hmm. This is this is the right move for him. 
driving for Richard Childress and driving that eight car. And that thing's, uh, you know, Richard Childress and those guys pride themselves on their super speedway uh, Daytona, Talladega package. They go to those races thinking, man, we know what we're doing. We got the best stuff. Uh, and Tart says this. He goes, "This RCR bunch, Austin, Dylan, even. Yeah. I mean, they're good at this place. Yeah, Austin's really smart about. Austin's one of those guys that yeah. doesn't. You don't see him sort of up front all day, putting him. You know, he he takes zero risks in the first seventy five percent of the race, and then everybody you know cancels themselves out, wrecks or whatever, and then there he is. There he is. Uh, and and the car's ready to go. You know, the car does what he needs it to do at the end." I think Kyle Busch steps on the pedal from the start, and he's hustling up through there all all night long. Yeah. And I, you know, he may be one of those guys that takes a few risks tonight. Oh, by the way, how did your Valentine's dinner go? And did we find out who the other Dale Earnhardt Jr. was? Uh, there was uh, oddly um, another Dale calling at the same time to uh, to 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 get a reservation. So. Uh, and they just assumed they didn't even work. They didn't. They didn't ask for a last name. They just assumed. Oh, the restaurant messed it up. The restaurant assumed the first deal that called was me, and then when I called, they went, "Wait, you just <laughs> you double booked." Yeah, <laughs> got it. All right. Well, so it didn't end up being a big conspiracy it, after it, all. Luckily, yeah, there was not a <laughs> someone there trying to. Right. Yeah, good but stuff. it was good. We had this. Uh, yeah, we had a good Valentine's Day dinner. Evening dinner, whatever. Yeah. All that went good. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. All right, before we get out of here, we want to do something, oh, yeah. Dale. Uh, you know, listen, we might have gotten in touch with your wife, Amy, and we thought this would be a good good idea I'm, I'm curious i mean we just had valentine's day a couple of days ago amy did these amazing things for you you know she she does the holidays upright but it's like i don't know we had this new segment idea just want to know how much you actually know about your wife i think i know quite a bit well i, I think you might i hope you do yeah but honestly we had some stuff listen if there's things you don't know about your wife you wouldn't be the only one there's things I don't know about my wife that I end up learning every day that they go, our wives say to us, why the hell do you not know this? How do you not know that I'm left-handed? How right. do you not know that I had a haircut a month ago? Yep. And you would just be a guy. Yeah. But we want to actually see what you know about your wife. And Amy Earnhardt had uh, given us some material. So, Alex, what do you think? Should we play it for him? I think we should. Let's just do a couple questions here. Let's just see what happens. Okay, here we go. Okay, Dale, I'm going to ask you some questions, and let's see if you know the answers. When is my birthday? 
March. Oh, Lord. 25th, 1982. March 25th, 1982. Yay! Nice job. That took a little second. I had to think about it, but that's okay. All right. That, some might you know say how, that's a You know how I know that. Because that's when the Cars Tour race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's, you would yeah. be at the race. You'd be at the race if yeah. it wasn't for her birthday. That's when the Cars Tour race is at Florence, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> All missing. right. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's second, All uh, right. second question? Uh, next one. Of all of the cars in your personal collection, which one is my favorite? Of all of the cars in my collection. Now, she has a she has her own 66 Nova wagon. But of all the cars in my collection, I think she likes the I think she likes the the Oldsmobile Cutlass, the red 442. The red 442. Meow. Wow. Hey, wow. <laughs> Number two. I even said the red 442. Like I knew what her answer was. <laughs> Almost like be. you guys are uh, you know, yeah. you know, teaming, on, uh, teaming up on us here. Okay. Look, I mean, That's no matter impressive. how many I get wrong from here on out, I'm done good. No, you have done yeah. good. Yeah. You have done good. All right. <laughs> this, let's one's see. A, this one's a good one. All right. What is my biggest pet peeve? Ooh. <laughs> Amy's biggest pet peeve is <laughs> probably leaving the toilet seat up. Leaving the toilet seat up. Anyone smacking on their food. Yuck. Oh, smacking on their food. I was Smack. wrong. All right. Does that make sense? Though? I must no. not do it as much as I leave the toilet seat up. Oh, <laughs> I must leave the toilet seat up more because that's what I hear about. What is my love language? Um, her love language is um, gifts and acts of kindness, I think. God, I'm impressed that you know the love languages. I don't think I'd get that. Acts of service. Acts of service, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Dude. It's kind of the same thing. No, no, no. I. You got that right. Yeah. yeah. I, I swear to God, if you ask 10 dudes what their wives' love language is, what, eight of them get it wrong. Am I right? I mean, come on. That is amazing that you got that. Yeah. So um, Amy loves for you to plan uh, dinner. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to take I've, – I have made the effort and called and got the reservation and got mm-hmm. the sitter. I've done all of the things so you and I could go do this. Or um, – Simply just been, you know, buying roses or flowers, doing, uh, you know, taking the dogs for a walk instead of, you know, just letting her handle it every day. Um, doing something simple even can be an act of service. And, um, yeah, she, that, that, she doesn't she hate surprises. I mean, you could have a full, you know, this is going to win absolute home run surprise and she wants to know going in she doesn't like surprises she wants Mm. to know what it is which kind of i hate that because i i want to surprise her and i want to get that reaction that i want right yeah but she's not going to give it to me because she doesn't like surprises she wants to kind of know what the plan is i had this thing where we're going to go see george Strait in concert yeah and she wouldn't let me tell her she wouldn't let it be a surprise she goes no 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 tell me where we're going what we're doing i want to know i'm like you really want to know this? 
Like, it ruins it. Nope, yeah. I want to know. And then when I tell her, this is what we're doing, she's like, I'm not, I'm not upset that I know this. I'm, this is, I, don't, I don't want to, I, I would not want to <laughs> walk into that not knowing that well, that's what we're doing. I need to know what to be wearing and all the things, you know. She's like, it drives, it's too much anxiety for her to be going blindly into something. Yeah. I think you're probably the same way, though, don't you think? I love surprises. Oh, her really? Her walking in here that day and taking me to Key West for my birthday or whatever. Well, that was an amazing surprise. Like, it would have been hard for you to be Amy upset Amy would about that. not want to be surprised in such a way. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's something. Now, I think she said, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought she said that Dale will guess physical touch is his yeah i his, think that's what she said yeah. she my thought, own yeah no no, no it's what you thought would be hers she was, no she no i know what hers is well, you do i'm impressed yeah. all right this, let's throw one more at it this is the last one all right when we first started dating we talked on aol instant messenger what was my screen name i think it was shamami dan's cat 22 oh <laughs> That was way off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember yours, actually. What? Wasn't yours a Rizzo DE3 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, because that's how we used to actually communicate with our driver. <laughs> Dan's, <laughs> Dan's, a, Dan's a cat. I remember that. Damn. Yeah. Well, listen, that's you did well. Yeah, of those five? Really I mean, we've got more five, questions. Yeah. we got more, but... We've got more, but we could save them for another segment for another day. Yeah. If you feel like that's... I mean, like, because... Uh, but I think you end on a high note. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, she, I don't know. You're bad that you got that. She wrong. had this other. Yeah, <laughs> Shamami is like a squishing together of of a couple short things that like her name and something else, but um, that might have she might have used Shamami. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, dude, I swear to God, you did better than most dudes would have known Daggum. right about. Like I, I couldn't tell you my wife's love language. That would have been a good one to remember, boy. I couldn't tell you a love language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except physical touch. I know that one. Yeah. So um, <laughs> before we take off, man, I've got something I'm going to tell you I'm doing. And I'm only saying this so I'll be holding myself accountable. Oh. But I bought – I wanted. I've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. All my life. I've died, I'm just – I would love to be able to just sit down and play – any any simple song right and just know even four chords right just mm -hmm. a handful but i've never sat down to do it and i know it's not easy but it's not impossible and if you really sat down and really got lessons and do whatever you would i would be able to figure it out and even at this age i'm gonna try to do it so i bought a guitar buddy you know what a guitar buddy is no idea it's a little thing that clamps onto the 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 guitar and it's like four buttons that you mash to get basic four four basic chords and you can sort of learn uh some very very simple guitar Chord, playing like chords yes, I, I didn't know you had a guitar you did you just buy a I've, guitar i've accumulated some random things in my life and there were a few of those were a guitar too as gifts or like you went out and bought them? Somebody bought a guitar once and left it at my house. Somebody brought it as a gift and left it there. And so that's how I got one of those. That All was right. probably about 15 years ago. So it's a, um, here, my buddy, um, my buddy told me what it is. He, cause I told him I got a guitar buddy and he goes, uh, I got an Eric Clapton Martin, which is apparently a very good guitar. That's what you have. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I've had it for it, a long time. If if I've got a guitar and I'm looking for advice, I would go to Duggar. The Duggar would be That's my That's who friend. told me about the guitar. I, I was going to say, it had to I be I told Duggar. him I got the guitar, buddy, but the fun part was I downloaded an app to tune it, and it's very easy. So I was uh, I got I did some tuning last night. It's loud, so i got to go down in the basement to do this because it'll wake up the kids. But mm. um, I'm going to try to learn how to play a song, man, a song. See, you're telling me this, and I've already got my head racing, and you're you're going to get mad at me for for suggesting it. But I mean, if you're going to learn how to play a song, some of us are going to need to hear the song eventually. Okay, you'll play for us if I feel like I can play it. Would you do it on the show? Mm, Maybe if I felt like it was good enough. Yeah. If I play so poorly, I definitely don't want that out there. But see, I would have already guessed this wrong about you. You're not even, uh, you know, I, dude. If I learn how to play a song on the guitar, you damn right, I'm gonna play it for someone. I know, but you always just had that anxiety, and you hated it when people brought up the drums. Remember when you went to your was drum phase twenty years ago? I know it, and yet I didn't know that you would change on that. Like I, you know, I didn't think you liked to perform musically, but you enjoyed it doing. Well, it when nobody here's the was thing. Watching. This is the difference between those two things. Okay. A lot of people, when they would first meet me, had an assumption that I did know how to play the drums. The, the reality of that is that I wasn't very good. Mm. And so when I would play, there would be this, oh, shit, you said you knew how to play the drums. Oh. With this, people know going in, I've never played guitar in my life. And you're learning. If I learn to play a song, they won't be like, oh, that was terrible. Yeah. I thought you knew how to play the guitar. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, that sounds like a guy who just learned how to play the guitar. Hey, listen, uh, good luck with that. You got all the time in the world, but once you, <laughs> oh, once, yeah, you, really? once, you once you figure... I do? You, nobody's, put, nobody's saying, hey, come back in a week and have us a song, no. but I'd look forward to... Oh, you to mean, listen. you're saying take your time with that. Take your time. Okay. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Take your time, but I would love to hear you play the guitar yeah, whenever you're ready. I'm going to try to figure it out. The, I'm only telling you now because this putting this into the universe will put the pressure on hold me accountable to actually yeah. go through with this you will hate because you I, brought this up i know i have said. wanted to try to learn the guitar forever <laughs> but i have been lazy or procrastinated and just not done it so here we go listen i gotta tell you there was something else i noticed this week that i meant to ask you about and i forgot i didn't know you had your own stool at captain tony saloon you didn't no damn right it's and, been there for and, about f- 10 years. In NASCAR Chasm. Sat on it or next to yeah, it. Went, went yeah, went down there for the Buffett concert, yeah. um, which would be amazing to watch a Buffett concert yeah. in Key West. I was just in there sitting in that bar a couple days uh, earlier this year. And so when you have your own stool, does that mean that you get to... You don't sit on your own stool. You don't sit no, on your no, own no, stool. No, okay. No. The hope right. is that someone else sees it and goes, hell yeah, that's an awesome stool. I'm sitting on it. Okay. Yeah. And how do you get your own stool at Captain Tony's? They just do it. Uh, they don't. That's not something you request. Nope. It's you, not like you walk in one day and they're like, "Hey, check it out. You got your own stool." I be dang. I guess you've went in there. You treated the staff nicely. You've uh, said some great things about the sh- about the restaurant and maybe sent some people there. Every time I have anybody like Eric Eric Jones last year, hey, I'm going to Key West. Well, I got you, buddy. I, I told him on the show. I said I'll send you some. Uh, places that I like to go to. One of those places that I text him is going to be Cap and Tony's. Oh man! And yeah. so anytime I tell any, anytime anybody asks me about where did where do you what places you like down in the Keys, Cap and Tony's is on that list. Well, my one of my favorite Buffett songs is "Last Mango in Paris," which is all about Cap and Tony's, and um, that's why I like when we went to Key West for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. 
I, Captain Tony's was had the first, be. second, and yeah. third on my bucket list. Yeah. That's a great place to But sleep. I didn't know you had a stool in there. Damn. So yeah. must, somebody must have sat on it. Man, I've had some long, fun, easy afternoons in that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. Well, good good show. Thanks. Uh, can't wait to hear your song. All right, everybody. Appreciate y'all tuning in this week to uh, to the Dale Jr. Download Tuesday, Wednesday with Steve Mill. And, um, and the wrap-up show today, make sure you tune in to all the other content we got going on across the board at Dirty Mo Media. Um, Action is detrimental with Denny Hamlin every Monday. Door Bumper Clear guys are putting out their show every Monday. Steve Letart and Dirty Mo Doe every Thursday. Uh, you got Dirty Mo Live on, uh, when is that, Thursdays? Whenever we – Thursdays, Fridays. Just any, yeah, whenever you feel day. like doing it. Yes. So um, also Next Level with Andrew Curlin. Check it all out. We're doing it for you. We'll see you next week. Check out Dirty Mode Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. 